Happy New Year, everyone. You know, I am so glad that Todd got up here and immediately reminded us what happened last night. But I will say this, I don't, hey, back there, what, what are you talking about, Josh? I will say this, though, that uh, 2023 started out, and within five minutes, I was remind, reminded why I shouldn't be an Ohio anything sports fan. It took five minutes this year. But I will also say that as I came here to more, uh, this morning, I felt really blessed to see some of our high schoolers up here praising the Lord. Uh, yeah, they did great. But, you know, it's not just that. We had some of our counselors who are so faithful and some of the other kids who have been through Ignite and have just decided that they're going to follow the Lord. And so I think that's encouraging. And though I was pretty bummed out about the Buckeyes, I was a little convicted to realize that it doesn't really matter. What matters is what we're going to talk about today. And so today marks a new year, as we all know. And so it's 2023. And what do we do for New Year's? We usually, we usually have a New Year's resolution. And if I asked you to raise your hand if you had a New Year's resolution, many people would raise their hands. And some of you wouldn't because you've probably failed, like myself, many times at your New Year's resolution. There's a reason that whenever the new year comes, gym memberships, they skyrocket. They do, and, and then within about a month, all of a sudden, there's not anybody at the gym. When I used to work out at the Y, faithfully, I was very frustrated in January because none of the machines were open, and everybody would tell me at work there, it's okay, Josh, wait till February. <laughs> and they were right, because no one would be there. And why is that? Because we struggle to keep our New Year's resolutions for, for whatever reason. And I say that to say, many of us as Christians, our New Year's resolution is going to be, man, we're going to read through the Bible this year. And January is pretty good, and we're really familiar with Genesis, and we're really familiar with Exodus. And then February or March comes, and this is what I hear a lot in, in high school is, well, have you read Leviticus? <laughs> and you hit Leviticus, and all of a sudden, you know, maybe you're not as faithful. Maybe you get busy in, in reading God's word and the commitment you made just kind of falls through the crack and you, you get to God's word whenever, whenever you have time. But when it comes to reading God's word, it, it shouldn't be a New Year's resolution. It shouldn't be something that we know we should do. It shouldn't be something that, man, we're going to try really hard to do. It should be something that we do every day because our God's given his, us his word. And today we're going to be talking about Deuteronomy 30, 11 through 20, and I picked this because it was encouraging to me uh, this year, but I also picked this because it's a really good reminder about God's Word. It's a really good reminder about how important God's Word is to us. And today's message is, called, is titled, Choose Life, because that's what the Lord is hoping each and every one of us do this year. He wants us to choose life. So if you turn with me to Deuteronomy 30, 11 through 20, we're going to read through this. And it says, For this commandment, which I command thee this day, it is not hidden from thee, neither is it far off. It is not in heaven that thou shouldst say, Who shall go up for us to heaven and bring it unto us, that we may hear it and do it? Neither is it beyond the sea that thou shouldst say, Who shall go over the sea for us and bring it unto us, that we may hear it and do it? But the word is very nigh unto thee, in thy mouth and in thy heart, that thou mayest do it. See, I have set before thee this day life and good and death and evil, and that I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways, and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments, 
that thou mayest live and multiply. And the Lord thy God shall bless thee in the land whither thou goest to possess it. But if thine heart turn away so that thou wilt not hear, but shalt be drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I denounce unto you this day that ye shall surely perish, and that ye shall not prolong your days upon the land whither thou passest over the Jordan to go to possess it. I call heaven and earth to record this day unto you against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore choose life, that both thou and thy seed may live, that thou mayest love the Lord thy God, and that thou mayest obey his voice, and that thou mayest cleave unto him, and he, for he is thy life in the length of thy days, that thou mayest dwell in the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give them. Let's pray. <clears throat> Dear God, uh, we do come before you and just thank you for this new year. Uh, we thank you for all the blessings that you've given us. We thank you for your salvation, for, for an amazing church. And, and Lord, more importantly, we thank you for your word. We thank you that we have it very present in front of us, Lord. And I pray that today uh, you'll put me aside and that your word will go forth and that um, you'll use uh, what you've shown me to, to meet everybody in this room where they are. And Lord, I pray it'll be convicting to who it needs to be convicting to and encouraging to who it needs to be encouraging to, Lord. We love you. Amen. So I want to point out that Deuteronomy is the book where Moses is preparing the Israelites to enter into the promised land. In a few chapters, Moses is going to die, so he's kind of giving them his parting words, and he's reminding them of the law that the Lord's commanded them to obey. But it should be no surprise to us that when you read through Deuteronomy, that there's an emphasis on loving and obeying God and his word. Over and over, and just like we read, over and over, Moses says, you need to love the Lord your God with all your heart. You need to obey what he says. Because for Moses and the Israelites, their success depended on obeying the Lord and his word. If they obeyed the Lord, then they would be prosperous. Now, it's important to understand that when it comes to the Old Testament in Israel, that they were, when the Lord said, I'm going to bless you, he would be blessed them physically. They were called to, to multiply physically. So God said, I'll bless you physically if you obey me. I'll bless your multiplication. They, he said, if you obey me, in verse 8, if you read in, in chapter 30, you'll see that he said, listen, if you obey me, you'll be prosperous in your work and in your cattle and the land. And I want to point out that that's not necessarily the same for us today in the church age. Now, that doesn't mean God's not going to bl uh, bless you uh, physically. doesn't mean you, you won't have a good life. But unlike what Joel Olstein in many of his books says, we don't necessarily get to live our best life now. That doesn't, that doesn't necessarily apply to us. We get spiritual blessings. Our, our mission is not to multiply physically, it's to multiply spiritually. We're, we're, we don't necessarily get promised a, a great, wonderful life, a, a, a great life. We don't necessarily get promised wealth. But what we do get is we get all of God's spiritual blessings. And we're going to talk about some of that today. But as we read through this pra passage, practically, there's one thing that is the same for us that was the same for Israel. Our success depends on our obedience to God's word. And the first thing that we're going to look at today is we need to choose to appreciate the word. So let me ask you, do you appreciate God's word? Now, this is First Baptist Church. We talk a lot about God's word. So the natural answer is, of course. I mean, do we really appreciate God's word? Because when you appreciate God's word, you know what you're going to do? You're going to make it the priority in your life. In 2023, will you choose to make God's word a priority in your life? We have a reading plan right here. 
Jeff's came up with it. We're putting an emphasis on a ch- as a church, we're going to read through the Bible. In fact, every 9 a.m., Jeff's going to go, and he's going to go through a different book of the Bible, and he's going to walk us through them. He's going to help us understand them better. Do you appreciate things like that? The Lord has given us everything we need to be, everything we need to be successful. He's given us everything we need to choose life and be victorious in this, in this life. In Deuteronomy 30, 11 through 14, it says, For this commandment which I command thee this day is not hidden from thee, neither is it far off. It is not in heaven that thou should say, Who shall go up for us to heaven and bring it unto us, that we may hear it and do it? Neither is it beyond the sea that thou should say, Who shall go over the sea for us and bring it unto us, that we may hear it and do it? But listen to what it says. But thy word is very nigh unto thee, in thy mouth and in thy heart, that thou mayest do it. And what a privilege we have that we have a God in, a, in his word that is so nigh or close to us. In fact, many of you probably have a, a Bible in your hands, but you also have it on your phone, your computer, your tablet. You have many copies at home. In fact, as I was thinking about this, I counted the Bibles in my office and there was eight of them. How, how blessed are we? How blessed are we? Do we appreciate it? We wake up every day and thank the Lord that we have his word nigh unto us, over. It's everywhere. And Paul references this passage in Deuteronomy in Romans 10, 5 and 10. He says, in verse 5 of Romans 10, it says, For Moses describeth the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which doeth these things shall live by them. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise, saying, Not in thine heart, who shall ascend into heaven? that is, to uh, bring Christ down from above, or who shall descend into the deep, that is, to bring up Christ again from the dead. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart, that is, the word of faith which we preach, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation." And we have Paul reminding us that, you know what, Moses said that God's word is very nigh unto us. But now Paul's talking about the word of faith that he's preaching. He's talking about the gospel. And you read in in verses 9 and 10, and you know what, Paul is letting us know, listen, this is how you can have a personal relationship with your God. God wants to know you. He wants to have a personal relationship with us. So much so that he sent his son to come and die on the cross for our sins and raise again on the third day. He did that so we can be close to him. What an amazing God we serve. I mean, we talk so much about that every, every, every week. But man, how appreciative are we that God sent his son to die on the cross for our sins? Sometimes I think, you know, I, I've been here for 37 years. I think I just take it for granted. But it's amazing. It's something we should appreciate every day. But that's not all he did. He gave us his completed word so we can read it. He didn't just say, I want a relationship with you. He, he gave us his very mind. In 2 Peter 1.18, it says, In this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mount, we have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto ye, ye do well that ye take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place, unto the day dawn, the day star arise in your heart, knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. So not only can we accept Jesus as our personal Savior, and we can have an intimate relationship with us, it says, man, I, we've, I've given you my word. I've given you my word that, that's more sure than the audible voice of God. Why is it that God doesn't come down and start talking to us or, or come in dreams and, and give us visions? It's because we, we have a completed word. 
that we can open every single day. And if that's not enough, it says it's of no private interpretation. You know what that means? Even people like me can understand it. We can all understand it. And Kagan laughs because he knows that's true. (laughs) And as we read through the Bible this year, I think each and every day we need to wake up and appreciate what we have. Because when we do that, not only will we want to read it more, but we'll just be thankful for the God who gave it to us. When we have the very mind of Christ, and we have, like I said, we have so many different copies. And in, first, or in Proverbs 1.23, it says, Turn ye at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you. God wants us to, to know his word. He wants to make all his words known to us. In the church age, when you get saved, you receive the Holy Spirit. In 1 Corinthians 2, 10 through 16, it lets us know that that Holy Spirit is going to help us read through God's word. It's going to help us understand it. And so as we sit here, we have God who wants to be close to us and given us a personal relationship with salvation. He's given us his word. And then he said, oh, if that's not enough, I'm going to give you my Holy Spirit so you can understand it. And yet, for whatever reason, many Christians wake up day after day, week after week, and month after month, and they don't even open God's Word. They don't study it. They don't appreciate it. But I hope everyone in this room today, maybe that's you, but I hope everyone in this room today leaves and appreciates what God gave us. Because if you don't get to know God better in 2023, you have no one to blame but yourself. All through the Bible, you have uh, verses like Matthew 7, 7 and 8. It says, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. You know, God says all through his word, he says, if you seek me, you're going to find me. The lost person who doesn't have a relationship with him, if you seek him, you'll find him. Christian, if you open up his word and you start reading, you know what you're going to find? You're going to find the God of the universe. Because he's not hiding from you. But if you don't open it up and you don't read it, you're not going to find him. And it's not God's fault. Because he's given you everything you need to succeed. Maybe you decide, I'm going to do it. I'm going to read through the whole Bible this year. Maybe you will do it. But when you do that, you also need to choose to apply the word. Once you appreciate the word, you need to apply the word. And that, that's really simple. I, I know that. But when you read God's word, are you going to apply what he tells you to your life? Verse 14 ends with this, that thou mayest do it. God's given you everything to succeed. He's given you his word, but he also wants you to do it. But know this, that though the choice to follow the Lord or not is solely up to you, you get to make that choice. Every choice comes with consequences. Deuteronomy 30, 15 through 18, we see, it says, See, I have set before thee this day life and good, death and evil. And that I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways, and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments, that thou mayest live and multiply. And the Lord thy God shall bless thee in the day whither thou goest to possess it. But if thine heart turn away, so that thou wilt not hear, but shalt be drawn away, and worship other gods, and serve them, I denounce unto you this day, that ye shall surely perish, and that ye shall not prolong your days upon the land, whither thou passest over Jordan to go to possess it. And I think sometimes through this Christian life, we forget how big our choice is to follow the Lord. I think we find ways to justify just kind of serving our flesh and following this world. A lot of times you hear people say, well, you know, I mean, it's 2023. Does God know what's going on in this world? He does. 
We think, well, you know, I'm doing better than that person. We justify ourselves compared to other Christians. We find ways to justify our disobedience to God's word. But Deuteronomy is comparing obedience to the Lord and the consequences to either life and good and death and evil. You have two choices. It's what I always tell the high schoolers. They're probably sick of hearing it. You, you always have a choice, and it's usually follow the Lord or not. There is no in-between. And that may seem extreme, and you might think, well, you know, Deuteronomy is letting us know, you know, our relationship with God's a big deal. And I, and I get that, but death, death and evil, whew, that's pretty harsh. Are you sure that that's not just the, you know, the Old Testament God? He's a little, he's a little harsher, and he seems to be a little grumpier in the Old Testament. But Deuteronomy 30, 15 kind of sounds like Galatians 6, 7, 7 and 8. It says, be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. There's not as many verses there, but guess what? There's two choices. You can serve yourself and there's corruption. Or you can serve the Lord and apply everything you're reading in his word to your life and there's life everlasting. Those are your choices. And when it comes to the consequences in Deuteronomy, we'd already mentioned them, but the first consequence is life and good. Listen, y'all, when you get to, when you follow the Lord and you apply his word to your life, there are good consequences. There's life and good. But you only get those things whenever you're obedient to the Lord. And when we talk about life, the first verse that often comes to mind, at least my mind, is John 14, 6. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And when it comes to salvation and a relationship with the Lord, Jesus is the only way, he's the only truth, and he is life. He's the only way you're going to come to the Lord, is putting your your faith in him. But it doesn't just end with salvation. John 10.10 says, the thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But listen why Jesus says he comes. I am come that they may have life. And not just life, and that they might have it more abundantly. You know, I think so often, especially we hear this in high school ministry all the time, man, if I follow the Lord, what's my life going to be like? It sounds kind of miserable. I don't really get to make my own choices. I got to do what God says to do. And I don't know if you've read it, but the Bible has a lot of commandments that you got to follow. And I feel like I'm going to be missing out on things in life. God said, that's not how it is at all. You follow me and I'm offering you abundant life. I'm offering you life and good, Christian. And verse 16 of Deuteronomy tells us what it will what look like. A life of good is going to be a life that, you know what, you're going to live and you're going to multiply. And once again, he's not talking about physical, or in here he's talking about in Deuteronomy, physical multiplication. But for the church age, we're not supposed to necessarily reproduce physically. That's not our command. Our command is to reproduce, reproduce spiritually. Because when you fall in love with God's word and you apply it to your life, there's nothing left to do but share it with other people. Life and good leads to the great commission that Matthew 18, or 28, 18 and 20 says. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. Amen. And before Jesus left this earth, he gave us the Great Commission. 
And as you're reading through the Bible, you're going to see all over the place. You know what you need to do? You need to share the gospel. You need to be reaching out to the world. You need to be discipling people. You need to be helping people. You need to be encouraging people. You need to be applying what you read to your life. Will you do it this year? But that's not all. Deuteronomy talks about being blessed. And when you choose to follow the Lord and be obedient, you know what he's going to give you? He's going to give you spiritual blessings. He's going to give you all the promises that he promises in, in, this world, in, his, in his word. And there's a lot of them. But if you're willing to apply God's word, your life's going to look a whole lot like Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And when you choose life, you get the fruit of the spirit. I know many of you know that, but I don't know if you've looked around this world lately, but it's crazy. People are nuts. But more importantly, you know what people are searching for? Everything God's offering in the fruit of the Spirit. That's what he's offering. Everyone's searching for this stuff. And God says, I want to abundantly give it to you. Just follow me. What an amazing thing that is. But I do want to be clear, for us in the church age, life and good doesn't mean that we're going to have a perfect, safe, and easy life. Doesn't mean life is always going to be great. There will be hard times. I, I see the connection cards. I know some of you guys are struggling in life. I know people were in the hospital this, this week. I know people had surgeries this week for very serious things. When you're willing to apply what you read in God's word to your life and just simply be obedient, you get things like Hebrews 13, 5. It says, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have, for he, for he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Brother, life is good. You know where your God's going to be if you're following him? Right beside you. He's going to be helping you. In Philippians 4, 6, and 7, very familiar verses, it says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be, be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which all, passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. When you're following the Lord, you know what you get to do? You get to cry out to him anytime you want, and he'll listen. You get to go to him boldly, the, the Bible says. You can go boldly to his throne, because he's always there. And not only that, not only is he there, not only will he listen, but you know, you know what he says? He said, listen, I'm going to give you peace. Why is it when you go through tough times in life, you know, and you just don't get, get it, and you're, you're struggling, and you're calling out to the Lord, and then when you get through that, you look back and be like, man, I really had some peace. I don't, I don't know how I made it through that. Why is that? Because, because you're following the Lord, and God's giving you blessings. He's giving you peace. And if you choose to apply God's word to your life, then the consequences you get is life and good. Doesn't that sound great? Why is it that more Christians don't choose this? It's really beyond me. But there's another choice far too many Christians make, and that choice is death and evil. And let me just say this. I, I don't actually think most Christians wake up and choose this. I don't think you, you roll on a bed and say, well, honey, I just want to choose some death and evil for my life today. <laughs> I think this just happens over time. And I think Deuteronomy 30, 17 explains it rather well. It says, but if thine heart turn away, so that thou wilt not hear, but shall be drawn away and worship other gods and serve them. I think what happens, I think death and evil comes. When your heart turns away, you stop reading, you stop appreciating God's word, and then you stop applying it to your heart. And the results of that is you then begin to put other things in, in, in your life in front of God, and you start serving other gods. You start worshiping other gods. Sometimes it happens slowly. 
But you know what? Sometimes you just stop following the Lord and this world starts to look real enticing. Start liking the things of this world a little more than the things of God. Over time, you begin to listen to your flesh and you know what? I kind of want these things the world's offering and, and not so much what God's offering. So we just start giving in to sin. And the end result is always going to be death and evil. The end result of disobedience is sin, and that always leads to death. James 1, 14 and 15 says, But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and, and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Christian, you don't get to follow the world in your, in your flesh without serious consequences. If a Christian doesn't follow the Lord and lives his life in sin, then there's not going to be any fruit in your life. You, you can't do the Great Commission. There's not going to be spiritual blessings. You know what's not going to happen to someone who's not following the Lord? You're not going to have the fruit of the Spirit. And in the end, you know what? There's just regret and a wasted life. It's death and evil. In the last uh, part of Proverbs 1, Solomon's talking about wisdom and how wisdom's crying out and is trying to get our attention. And he goes on and he gives us a lot of warnings about people who reject him. But listen to what Proverbs 1.32 says. For the turning away of the simple shall slay them, and the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. And when you decide to ignore the wisdom of God's word, and you decide you're not going to apply it to your life, there's destruction. And I think Christians can read verses like Deuteronomy 30, 11, and 20, and Galatians 6, uh, 6 or 7 through 8, and they can think to themselves, but yeah, is it really that bad? Death and evil, like, like I said before, it seems so harsh. Those are, those are such strong words. All the while, the Lord tells us what he thinks about the world and our flesh all over the place in, our, in, in his word. Let me remind you what God says about the world and the flesh. It says, God's word says we are not to be conformed to this world. We're not to love it. We're told that this world's wisdom is foolishness. We're told Satan is the God of this world. We're told that the God of this world is trying to blind the lost. The very people, by the way, we're commanded to reach. We're told this world is evil, and we're told that if we're friends of this world, we are the enemy of God. We're told that in our flesh dwelleth no good thing. That in our flesh, we cannot follow God. In our flesh, we can't please God. We are told to make no provision for our flesh. In Galatians 5, 19 through 21, we see the results of our flesh. I don't know if you've read those verses, but it, it's not very positive. Nothing good comes from living in your flesh. And we could just go on and on and on. But when we choose to follow, or follow this world and ignore God's word, it's a big deal. And God tries to warn us over and over and over again. In Deuteronomy, we're reminded it's either life and good or death and evil. There's no pleasant medium. And the result of you having death and evil is in Deuteronomy 30, 18. It says, I denounce unto you this day that ye shall surely perish and that ye shall not prolong your days upon the land, whither thou passest over Jordan to go to possess it. If you choose death and evil, God says, I denounce, meaning I declare and proclaim in a threatening manner. It says, I denounce that if you choose death and evil, you'll surely perish. And day after day, year after year, there are Christians who live their life and they don't obey the word of the Lord. And you know what they find themselves? They find themselves miserable. 
They can't find lasting joy and peace. They can't find a lasting purpose. When tough times come, they feel all alone. And they just, why do I feel this way? If that's you, let me kindly help you why you feel that way. And this might sound a little harsh, but it's the truth. It's because you've chosen death and evil. Like I said, maybe you didn't choose it on purpose. But over time, you stop following the Lord and you're following this world and your flesh. And in 2023, can I encourage you to simply repent, appreciate God's word, read it this year, and then apply it to your life. The amazing thing about our God is he is a God of second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth chances. All you got to do is go repent and turn. And after you choose to appreciate the word and apply the word, you need to choose to advance the word. Your choice to appreciate and apply God's word in and through your life will advance the word of God one way or the other. People are watching everything you do. And more importantly, your choice to not appreciate the word and not apply it to your life will advance something as well. It just won't be the word of God. Deuteronomy 30, 19 says, I call heaven and earth to record this day unto you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing, therefore choose life. By the way, I love those three verses. If we could all just live by that. Therefore choose life. That both thou and thy seed may live. And over the last several months, we've been doing a series called Family Portraits. We've been focusing on the family. And I want you to notice what it says at the end of verse 30, 19. It says, therefore choose life. Why? That thou and thy seed may live. Parents, every day you get to wake up and you get to help your kids choose life. You get to help your kids grow closer to your Lord. Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 9 says, And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk to them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by, thy, by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them in the signs unto thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes, and thou shalt write them unto the post of thy house and on thy gates. Parents, are you doing this in your home? Are you doing what Deuteronomy 6 commands you to do? Are you teaching your kids God's word? Are you encouraging them to read God's word? Are you disciplining them when they're disobeying God's word? Do you even talk to them about the Lord? When's the last conversation, mom and dad, you had with your kids about the Lord? I know for some of you, it might have been this morning. But for some of us, it wasn't. And it's been a while. But more importantly, dad and mom... Is the life you're living showing your kids life and good or death and evil? When you wake up every day, mom and dad, the way you live your life shows your kids something. When they look at you, do they see your relationship with the Lord? Do they see you choose God's word every day? Do they see you appreciate it? Do they see you apply it to their life? Do they see a parent who's choosing life and good? Or do they see someone who's choosing death and evil and constantly choosing this world over their God and choosing their flesh over their God? You know, there's a lot of statistics all over the place that that talk about kids who graduate and they graduate their faith. And everybody wants to get into youth ministry until you realize these statistics are very true and it's heartbreaking. But why do kids leave their faith? Because most kids, they, they never make their faith their own. And one of the reasons I think that that is, is that because they grow up, and a lot of them will grow up in a Christian home, 
And mom and dad never helped them choose life over death. They never helped them choose good over evil. And now I'll say this, our kids, they all have a free will, don't they? I know mine do. But um, you can do all the right things, and sometimes their, their free will, they, they, won't, they won't follow the Lord right away, and they might struggle. But I will say this for the most part. And parents, I want you to understand this. Kids often imitate what they see at home. These kids over here, the kids over here, the kids over in those rooms over there will often imitate what they see at home. So if they see parents who show up on church on Sundays when things aren't too busy, or they see parents who might even show up on a Wednesday night when they don't have anything else more important to, to show up to, they might even talk to God from time to time. If they see that, but at the end of the day, what they see is a parent who chooses death and evil day after day after day then they're just going to end up imitating what they see. And that's why I think so many kids walk away from their faith. And there's some of you that maybe, yeah, sure, maybe you show up on a Sunday and, and you tell your kids church is important and you say you need to read your Bible and you need to obey it. But you know what? When they go home, church mom and dad's different from home mom and dad. And they don't see mom and dad who's actually reading their Bible and applying it to their life and following it. And you know what ends up happening? Kids see hypocrisy and say, I don't want anything to do with that because parents, we, we get to help our kids. We help our kids choose life and good and death and evil. Parents, it's a serious thing. Grandparents, they're watching you too. And let me just give you, it, this, it's so simple. If you don't want your kid to walk away from the faith, if you want to help them choose good and you want to help them choose life, this is what you need to do. In 2023, you need to wake up every single day, appreciate God's word. You need to read it and you need to apply it to your life even if you don't like what it tells you that day. And your kids need to see that every single day. Well, Josh, that's hard, I know. But honestly, God's made it so simple to follow him. Just be obedient. Choose life and good and simply be righteous. And you will be amazed at what your kids will do. In a familiar verse in Joshua 24, it says, in 24, 15, it says, if thou, And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, rather the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the floods, or the gods of the Amorites, in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Notice Joshua didn't say, I'm going to serve the Lord. Me and my wife's going to serve the Lord. He said, me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Parents, you get to make the choice if your house is going to serve the Lord. And I get it. You got middle school over here, and it gets a little weird. It really does. You got high schoolers over here, and they're getting older, and it gets a little harder. I get it. But until they graduate, guess what? You get to choose. You get to choose, mom and dad. Will you choose life? Will you choose good for you and your house? It's your choice. It doesn't matter how old they get. You're the example. Heck, when they graduate, you'll still be the example. And will you choose to advance the word of God in your home this year, at your workplace, wherever you are? Because everybody's watching, especially if you say, I'm a Christian. They're all watching, guys.
And as we wrap up today, let me ask you, are you willing to choose to appreciate the word of God this year? I don't mean, no, you got to read it. I mean, open your, the word of God and fall in love with it and be so thankful that he chose to give his son for a relationship, his Holy Spirit in the very mind of Christ, so readily available right here. I got two copies right in front of me. Are you willing to choose to apply what he says this year? Are you going to apply the word of God to your life this year? Are you willing just to simply listen and just do it? Whatever he says. I know that some of you, that might mean you've got to make some big changes. But guess what? If you start making some changes and you're sincerely, sincerely following the Lord and applying to your life, guess what? You get all the spiritual blessings and God's going to be with you every step of the way, rather, no matter how good, no matter how hard, no matter how hard it is. He'll be there. And are you willing to choose to advance the word this year? Everybody's watching you, Christian. Everybody's watching you. Mom and dad, kids are watching you. Are you going to advance God's word or are you going to advance something else? Because it will be something. And you get to choose every day what it will be. And I know that there's so many of you guys in here, you know what? You choose life and you choose good every single day. Can I encourage you? First of all, keep doing it. Because it's encouraging to see. But maybe this is the year you ask the Lord, Lord, will you give me someone to encourage this year? Now, I said encourage, not judge. We just find someone who may be struggling and wants to do this and say, I'm going to help you this year. Maybe it's through discipleship. Maybe it's through encouragement. Maybe it's through just showing them, you know what, this is what I learned this year or today. What did you learn? And in a room this size, there's probably someone who doesn't know the Lord is their personal Savior. And the Bible makes it very clear that we're born sinners separated from God. We are dead in our sins. We have nothing but death and evil. But it doesn't end there because God, who is rich in mercy, sent his son to die on the cross for you. And he rose again on the third day. And if you are willing to accept him and have a relationship with him, you know what? You can have life. It's the most important decision you'll, you'll ever make. If you don't have a relationship with the Lord, you can come talk to me. I would love to talk to you about it. You can talk to just about anybody in this room. But you can choose life today. But in the end, everyone in this room gets to wake up each and every day in 2023 and decide if they're going to choose life. And in Deuteronomy, there's three little words that says, therefore, choose life. That's what God wants for you, church. He wants you to choose life. He wants you to follow him. He wants you to make a difference. Uh, dear God, we love you so much. And Lord, it blows me away that you would love me and, and everyone in this room so much that you'd send your son to die on the cross, that we can have a relationship with you. But Lord, it doesn't end there. You're, you're not hiding in heaven where we can't reach you. You're not across the sea where we can't find you and only a few people can find you, Lord. You are nigh unto all of us and we thank you for that. And Lord, I pray everybody in this room will choose life this year, that we'll choose to appreciate your word and we'll read it. We'll choose to apply it to our life and we'll choose to advance it to all those around us. Lord, I pray that this is a year where this church is, is fruitful and we spiritually multiply and we grow and we make a difference for you before you come back. Lord, we know the time is short, so Lord, help us choose life. Amen.